Welcome to Longview Baptist Church. Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I am Pastor John. This ministry is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find an answer to the tough questions. And remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Look at verses 15 through 25, and if you're physically able, let's stand out of reverence this morning for the reading of God's Word. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also went with us and brought us to Nason, a Cypriot and an early disciple with whom we were to stay. When we reached Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us gladly. The following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related in detail what God did among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard it, they glorified God and said, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to abandon Moses by telling them not to circumcise their children or to walk in our customs. So what is, it to, what is to be done? They will certainly hear that you've come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have been obligated themselves with a vow. Take these men, purify yourselves along with them, and pay for them to get their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that what they were told about you amounts to nothing but that you yourself are also careful about observing the law. With regard to the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter containing our decision that should be kept, keep themselves from food sacrificed to idols, from blood that was strangled, and from sexual immorality. Father, thank you this morning, Lord, for your word, for the truth. God, thank you, Lord, that you walk with us daily. Lord, you lead us, you guide us, and This morning, we pray you would hedge this building with your protective angels, purge anything that would not honor or glorify you. Lord, let your spirit have full and free reign in this midst. As your word has been proclaimed, you know you're the only one that can give us ears to hear. Lord, the hearts, Lord, as we yield ourselves to your plan and your purpose, you will do mighty things according to your plan, purpose, and will for our lives. God, we thank you for Jesus above all, Lord, for the sacrifice for the ability we have today to come boldly into your presence, Lord, and receive mercy, Lord, and healing. God, I pray today, Lord, that ones that are watching online today or in this building that do not know you as Lord and Savior, they don't know what would happen if they breathe their last breath. Father, bring them to the reality of the truth that only by professing and confessing their sin, placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and asking you to be the Savior and Lord of their life can the work of salvation occur. Lord, may you be glorified, lifted up, and honored in everything that's said and done this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So in verses 15 through 20 there, we're, you know, we're just kind of progressing through the story. Now after these days, we get ready, went up to Jerusalem. Some disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought us to Mason, who was a Cypriot, an early disciple with whom we were staying. When we reached Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us gladly. The following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related in detail what God did among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard it, they glorified God and said, See, brother, how many thousands of Jews who there who are believed and are zealous 
for the law. And then we'll stop there just a moment. First thing I want to share with you this morning is this. Focus your kingdom work faithfully. Paul, what is he doing? He's encouraging the brothers with what God is doing. Encouragement is important. Don't forget this, especially at this point in history. There is enough discouragement to go around. Amen? I assure you, every person in here could share the stories in our lives, and everybody could literally get so discouraged if we all only shared the burdens, the struggles, and battles we had, that honestly, you probably wouldn't want to come back the next week because you would feel polluted. Amen? What is also extremely just as important as sharing the need, sharing the blessings, the praises, praising God for what he's done. Just like Paul, as he goes in there and shares with the brother. Look at this amazing thing that's happened in great detail, it says right there. He related in detail what God did among the Gentiles through the ministry. So they're hearing the positive blessings about how God is working in situations. And it's easy for us, as God answers prayer requests, to kind of put those where? All right, check. Go to the back burner now. What's the new problem we need to deal with? Think about, though, if your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and the people in your sphere of influence, are you sharing with them Remember, you've asked these people to pray. Are you sharing with them as God answers those prayers? Are you giving them the ability to rejoice with you? As God has answered supernaturally the prayers that you and I have gone into his presence and cried out on behalf of one another. You ever think of that? Because again, many of us are task-oriented people. So as you're praying for that, and you are continuing to go and pray on other things, you're moving forward, right? We're moving in a forward trajectory. You as the person who originally brought up that prayer request should be the one that gives the update on, hey, I want to share with you guys how this has turned out. Good or bad? By the way, when it doesn't turn out how we think it should, it's not bad. Maybe God's answer to someone's prayer that we see healing in their life was God to give them the ultimate healing. Sadly, from the Christian perspective, many times we think that the prayer wasn't answered when in reality it's been answered better than anyone could have ever dreamed it answered. I don't know anybody here, don't tell me if you're desiring to stay here and if you have the opportunity to live in this brokenness forever, but don't tell me that because I'll think less of you. I hope your desire is to go home to be with the Lord one day. I do not want to live in this in perpetuum, meaning I don't want to live in the brokenness of this sin-stained world forever. This is, that would not, that would be a nauseating thought to me. There's nothing about this world that I'm dying to hang on to. I love my family. I'm thankful for the opportunities that I have to be with them. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be a Christian and to be a part of the kingdom work and to actually be the church instead of going to church, amen? And, and God has grown me to understand greatly in my lifetime what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and not to be caught in religion. But even with that understanding, I'm ready to finish the work one day that God's entrusted me with, and I'm ready to graduate. I'm ready to go home to be with him. I desire to depart, which is by far much greater, but I want to be like Paul also, and hey, there's work that has to be done before that time. But you have to answer those questions, and we've got to be faithful, though, to focus our work on the kingdom and be faithful in that work. There is a work that God has for every single one of you, and you cannot have your work done by me. 
I can't do your work, you can't do my work. God has a specific purpose for us. We're either living that purpose now and engaging to faithfully finish that work, or right now that work's on pause. Sometimes it doesn't get done, and that person ends up going into eternity having not completed the work that God had for them to do. Why? Stubborn rebellion, disobedience. We can characterize it however we want to do it. But it ultimately boils down to sometimes people don't cross the finish line faithfully. It's not a pretty picture. It's not a good thing. And I don't know how that plays out. I don't even want to know. It doesn't matter. It's not the old, well, as long as they get in and slide in by the bottom of, you know, sliding under a garage door before it closes, it's not that way, church. And I've, I shared this, I think it might have been last week or the week before. If you have the mindset of, well, I don't care if I end up having a major bunch of crowns in heaven. I just want to get in. That's not the mindset for a follower of Christ who loves the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. Amen? Oh, me. Amen? Hey, okay, thank you. Maybe you sit and catch that one. It is very important for us to do what God has created us to do. We were created by him for him. And you might have, you might have under wonder, you know, um, I just don't like that I've got to submit to God. I don't want nobody to tell me what to do. Okay, you have an animal at home? You didn't even create that animal. That's your animal. What happens when your animal runs away? You want to go find it, don't you? What if your animal doesn't like you? You don't give it free will, do you? Uh-huh. Come on. Let it come in your house and tear your house up. It, hey, it got a reason to live and do what it wants to just like you do. Let it go eat that new leather couch and see how much grace you're going to show it. Amen? Let it go chew up those $200 set of iPod or ear pods or whatever those things are called that people stick in their ears and have the white end on them. Let them chew on that a little while. You want it to get in their stomach, you can call it and make it vibrate and freak them out. You want to do something to get back, don't you? <laughs> but when we say to God, nobody tells me what I'll do, what I want to do. It's the same thing as your animal. and you, we, we don't want to see it like that. We want to say there's nobody that should be able to tell me what to do. I'm a free agent. Well, you are. But you're a free agent the same way your animal is. You can do whatever you want to do, but there's consequences to actions. And that's why we see with Paul, the yielding of Paul in the person who he is. I've, I've got a number of people that I've known in my life that are really faithful servants of the Lord. I'm talking about big time. I've not, you don't see that played out day in and day out everywhere. You see people who love the Lord, but I'm talking about people who eat, breathe, live, and sleep to be faithful to the Lord God above, to the detriment of themselves. But that's what our, our lives should be because we have a God that created us to glorify him, to serve him, to honor him, and everything that we do should be the outflow, ready, of the love that we have for him because he sent Jesus to die for us. And I don't care if God calls us to go be a missionary in the middle of Mumbai and to live amongst the mission field, I would assure you, you're going to be getting a major downgrade. Because in Mumbai, middle class live in shanties that are filth and the essence of anything that would make your mouth drop. Go home and watch a documentary. All you've got to do is get on YouTube and go middle class documentary Mumbai. And you will see 
a staggering reality that is millions and millions of people's reality working seven days a week, no vacation, none of this stuff that we have. I have a friend, her and her husband, they um, take their children back every summer to Mumbai. You know why they do? The, the children were born in America. They take their children to Mumbai every year because they want their children to never forget the blessing of where they've come from. And they take them back every year, stay 30 days, let them live like they live there so that the children, I, th I really appreciate that because I think it's very hard for us to realize how much sacrifice has gone in to even us being here in this church building today. You don't even realize the sacrifice that men, women, boys, and girls, I saw a picture this morning of the USS Arizona right after it was commissioned, pulling out. How much sacrifice has gone to this freedom that we have? Could you imagine had we lost World War II? In the Pacific, or in, it, it doesn't matter which arena. Can you imagine how different the world would be? Let's just say we'd lost the Pacific theater part of World War II. It would have been terrible for all of us today. I, don't, I, can't even, I can't fathom what our lives would look like today. We are so blessed, church, in the sacrifice of men and women who not only fought, but so many laid down their lives to ensure the freedoms that we have today. What a blessing, the blessing of God given to this land to defend this freedom up until this point right now. Our focus should be faithfully doing that kingdom work that God has given us. And through the lives that we live, God can reach and potentially begin a revival. We don't know what God's plan is, and I'm not here to tell you what it is. I know Ezekiel 38 through 40, some things have to get to a really bad place before it winds down. I'm okay with it either way. You know why? Because I'm living every day like it's my last day. And one day I'll be right. I might have a whole bunch of them that I'll be wrong until that day, but I just want to be faithful until the day that God takes me home. And I want to not just slide in by the skin of my teeth. Amen? I want to run faithfully. And if the Lord comes back today, I want to be found faithful. Then verses 21 through 24 again. But they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to abandon Moses by telling them not to circumcise their children or to walk in our customs. So what is to be done? They will certainly hear that you've come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who've been obligated themselves with a vow. Take these men, purify yourselves along with them, pay for them to get their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that what they were told about you amounts to nothing, but that you yourselves are also careful about observing the law. That's the second thing I want to share with you this morning, and it is this. Be all things to all people. Anybody remember a Bible verse that's in? You might have thought I just said a word. Remember when Paul said, just be all things to all people. You know what that means? I'll tell you what it means. If something causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. If you're going to a cookout, or let's just say you've invited some people from church over to your house, and you found out that they don't eat pork. Now, you can do one of two things. You could be like me and go, I like pork. I dine on swine. If that offends you, let me know. I'll never say it again. I'm in this. But if you, just because you can, decide that that's your mountain to conquer because, hey, when they come over house, I'm going to make sure I have all the pork. I'm going to have bacon-wrapped hot dogs. 
We're going to do barbecue. We're going to do the whole entire, well, I, the whole gamut. You know what happens if you do that? You're wrong. You actually, not only you're wrong, you're in sin. The scripture says if it causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. So what was going on right here? There had been a rumor started that Paul was saying, you need to abandon all the teachings of Moses. You, you listen, abandon all of those in the past. What does it say right here? They've, these abandon Moses, don't circumcise, don't walk in any of the customs. Remember, this is the early church. This is when the church, the newly birthed Ecclesia, the home church, this is church, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant had just been abolished, had been put away. So you've got to think about this transitionary period with the Jewish people. Was there anything sinful about the circumcision? Was there anything sinful about them not eating animals with blood in it? No. So what Paul was saying, they're, they're spreading rumors. These are lies. So we can clearly see that there was at least four people that were under a Nazarite vow. We're going to show them because the Nazarite vow would have been important to those people, the Jewish people. So he says, hey, pay for the haircut. Go show them. Basically, let them demonstrate the reality of who you are. You're not here to cause anybody to stumble. You're not here to put away the Old Testament, the patriarchs. The, no. We're just here to do what God's called us to and create us to do. And we want to stop this rumor. We're not going to stand up and begin arguing with people about it. Let's demonstrate that. So that was the beautiful picture, the beautiful fix right here for people who just wanted to come in and malign the way, which was the way, the way of Christ. When you hear that, so there were people that will come in and try to malign the way. This is going to happen. As a matter of fact, Scripture warns us all throughout history that there would be wolves in sheep's clothing. They would come in and try to sow seeds of dissension, seeds of bitterness and anger, and try to divide you. They're like mere unreasoning animals. As a matter of fact, a really good one-chapter book about this is Jude. Jude talks a lot about that. But we know scripturally, just like 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 says, there'll come a time when men will not stand for sound doctrinal teaching, but gather around them many teachers to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. We've been warned thousands of times throughout history and messages and that the scripture is rife with story after story, warning of what happens. There's going to be people in here that try to do nothing more than to get you did God really say? It basically goes back to the fundamental question that was asked in the Garden of Eden right before sin entered this beauty of God's creation. And the enemy says, did God really say? And that's the essence of everything. Did God really say? Let's, let's divide them. Let's bring in something to try to cause turmoil. We, oh man, look at the number of, of Jews who'd come to faith in Jesus Christ back then. We have got a major issue to contend with here. The best way to do it, ha, he's trying to get people to abandon the, the teachings of Moses, to abandon circumcision. These are fundamental things to who we are. And we'll fix that. And Paul just does a nice little fix. Let's go show them that we're not asking to abandon anything. Let them see that this is nothing more than others trying to dissuade people from the truth and living the abundant life in Christ this is going to be something, church, that we focus, or we, we will confront continually. There's going to be another Discovery Channel documentary or History Channel, whatever it is, and these things that come out, you know, and uh, we just the new exposure of whatever it is, that they're always with something once after another. And it's really interesting because, you know, many of the people in Israel, there's a lot of people there that are digging 
that aren't there to affirm biblical truth. They're archaeologists, they're interested in history, and since there's such rich, deep history there, they're there because of that. Is it not ironic that the more they dig, it doesn't take away from the validity, it, it doesn't do anything to weaken the truths of Scripture and the strengthens it. They find, you know, right after the last time I was in Israel, five, six years ago, they found the signet ring from, was it Nehemiah? One of them. The signet ring they had, they found it. So the more they dig, they dig deeper in the authenticity of Scripture proved over and over and over again. They're not going to be able to find that Scripture is anything other than truth. When you have even the writings of Josephus, and Josephus was a historian, and he was in no way a Christian. Josephus, if anything, was as anti-Christian as you could get, but it's so amazing how Josephus' writings give this three-dimensional picture into so many different stories that literally affirm and validate the truth of Scripture. So that's why we've got to recognize continually being all things to all people. We can sit there and try to grind an axe and say, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I don't like how they say this or do that. If your mindset is that, it's not godly. It's not, God's not going to honor it. Amen? If somebody has an issue with eating pork, don't make a pork dinner when they come over. How insensitive, and don't be a jerk, okay? Don't do it. Just be kind, be compassionate, and be loving. Amen? It's not hard to do. In our generation and culture, it might be hard to do because so many people live by the Facebook motto, if I think it, it should be said. And that is not in any way something that believers, if anything, Christians should have an extremely good filter. It should be like the deaf systems or the regen systems on a diesel now. They're frustrating, but they clean up the exhaust. Don't say it. Let it go through a filter system because if you think about half the things that we're going to say, probably shouldn't be said. Amen? Because what will it do? It is years in the making of a testimony. Only takes one moment to destroy it. What do you want to be? An angel of light? Masquerading? Or do you want to be a disciple who's living it? We're going to mess up. There's not a person in here that's not going to mess up at times, I promise you. If you don't, I don't know why you're here. Amen? We're growing. We're being conformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's a painful process. It hurts. Because what happens? The window into ourselves, we have to be real as we see the reflection. And at times, it's not a pretty thing. And we have to repent. We have to turn. We have to make course corrections because it's so easy to continue to go in the direction that's easy. That tells us, don't go in the direction that's easy because it's easy because it's easy. To be a follower of Christ is tough. It's hard. It makes every day waking up and choosing this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. There's days you're going to wake up and realize you didn't do that. And you're going to find yourself in an epic catastrophe has occurred. What do you do when you realize that? Don't try to defend and justify. Well, if I hadn't been under all this pressure, stop. Step back. You know what? I don't have an excuse for the way that I behaved. I, I should not have done that. I don't need to act like that. I'm sorry because I love you, and it's so easy to hurt those people that we love the most the easiest. So don't make excuses for it. Repent. And then what do you do after repentance? That means forgiveness. Once you've been forgiven, 
Our forgiveness with each other should be like Jesus says, right? It's separated as far as the east is from the west. So once it's done, if they say, yeah, you remember that time? Say, I don't know what you're talking about. That'll really blow somebody's mind. Well, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. And you can even help some people that have a hard time with forgiveness realize what true forgiveness is. And after they say that for the 10th time, because I've had it happen, I say, well, I don't remember the things that have been forgiven. And then they're like, oh, that makes sense. Are you all things to all people? Or are you going around waiting to straighten out anybody who agree fully with you? And I promise you, we can all have opinions. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure the opinions you have can be validated or backed up in a biblical sense. Amen? Oh, me. Amen. Verse uh, 13, let's see, verse um, 25, we'll finish. With regard to the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter containing our decision that they should keep themselves from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from what is strangled, and from sexual immorality. Leads to the third and final thing that I want to share with you this morning. We'll be finished. Since talk is cheap, don't just talk about your love for the Lord. Live it. Talk is cheap. There's not a person in here that hasn't heard that a thousand times, have they? Talk is cheap. Hey, how about you have a person that you're with one day and says, oh yeah, I'm coming tomorrow. I'm going to come and help you with X, whatever it is. That night, you're with them, you're having dinner with them. And they're assuring you, oh yeah, I'm coming. Oh man, I I specialize in this and I'll be there to help you tomorrow at nine o'clock. Oh, you're having a problem with X in your house. Okay, I'll come over and look at it tomorrow. Well, if you're like me, you're going to bank on that. Oh, wow, cool. They have an understanding of this that I don't have. I'm not going to call the professional. My friend said they're coming over. I had this happen a lot 20 years ago and then before. So I have a real sour taste in my mouth when it comes to this because I've experienced it so much. You know how disheartening it is when you wake up, if it's 8 o'clock the next morning, and you're sitting there like I used to do, and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and you find out that they were just talking. They didn't actually mean what they said. Don't say to somebody, hey, um, oh, if you ever need to talk to me or need to text and be encouraged, hey, here's my number. And then whenever you text them, they, you ghost them. Don't do that. Don't ever offer it in the first place if you don't mean it. If you don't mean that you want to go out or eat lunch with somebody or encourage somebody or whatever it is, don't offer in the first place because you'll hurt them because when they do need you and they ask you and you say oh I'm sorry I can't do it then you say well about tomorrow oh, I'm busy then too what about next oh I'm busy I'm just busy in perpetuum that's not being faithful as a follower of Christ remember what it means to be a follower of Jesus there's this word that starts with an S sacrifice Sacrifice means that sometimes you might put something you have to the wayside. I know there's times when you can't, but there's going to be a time when you have said to somebody that you're going to be able to work it out. might be a week or two, but you'll get it worked out. Don't say it unless you believe it. Be a person that's talk means something. There's people at this church. I know for a fact when I need prayer, I can text them. I don't have to put in no huge grand explanation. All I have to do is share with them, hey, would you be praying for a situation that I've encountered? 
when they respond back, absolutely. You know what I know? It's going to be prayed for. How many people in my life do I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt? Not as many as I'd like to. But there are certain as prayer warriors. Anybody in here know prayer warriors? Raise your hand if you do. What do you want to know about your prayer warrior? If you need rain, and you have that prayer warrior start praying for rain, you're getting ready to walk out of the house, you grabbed an umbrella. Because you know that when they pray, hey, it's going to happen. God answers their prayer. Those are the people that you want praying. Are you one of those? And if not, why not? Are you praying in the first place? Are you in God's word? If you're a prayer, but you don't get in God's word, I will um, probably assure you today that I don't want you praying for me. Because if you're not in obedience to the Lord, he can't hear your prayer. So if you're not spending time in what God commands us to do, remember this is not just my interpretation of the scripture, church. This is God's word and God's truth. And the way that God speaks to us most notably is through his word. What are we doing when we talk to him? We are easing our hearts and our minds. We are showing him, God, I understand you're there. I know that you speak through your word. And God, I am expressing myself to you through prayer. Two very important things, but one that's more important than the other, reading God's word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Huh, that's interesting. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know that reading God's word is a part of trusting him with all of your heart. Leaning not in your own understanding. How can we have any understanding if we don't allow the one who's going to give us the wisdom without to navigate the situations we are being faced with if we refuse to get in his word? Again, it's engaging in an act of diminishing returns when we refuse to get in God's word and then cry out to him because we are desperate for him. If you are desperate for him, get your Bible, open it up, and get in it. And let me encourage you to do part two. Stay in it. When? Every single day until you stop breathing or you get too senile and can't read it anymore. Then I'll encourage your family to get some DVDs or a digital copy and I'll encourage them to play it for you. Amen? But we have to set up those habits now because they will not establish themselves. Do you want God to force you to read his word? Getting to such a place where you're so completely hopeless and desperate and he's broken you so far down mentally because he's allowed you to do what you want to do and he is showing you that walking by sight ends in a disastrous mess. Do you want God to orchestrate the choices you've made to draw you to him? I would most notably promise you, you don't. Because his toolbox is limitless. And I know this. I think God in the way that he brought me to himself was extremely gracious. He was. Yes, he stuck me in the wheelchair after getting saved for four years. After getting saved, he didn't put me in a wheelchair. Let me say, oh, I'm broke now, Lord, I'll, I'll give it. No. God, I gave my life to Christ. And then guess what? 
God put me in the wheelchair for four years. How easy it would have been for me to curse God and say, so I get saved and this is what you do? But see, I know it wasn't about, when I gave my life to Christ, I was saying to him, God, I don't know what your path, I don't know what your plan for me is, but God, I'm yours no matter what happens. God, I'm going to yield my everything to you because I realize that life, the way I was doing it, wasn't working really good. And that peace that passes all understanding and the fulfillment that I had in my heart was something that I could not fabricate. I remembered what it was like beforehand. There was a nagging emptiness in my heart that I could not get to go away for nothing. And I had tried just about everything. But when I truly yielded my life to the Lord, that was the first time in my life that that emptiness left. I knew immediately what the feeling was because I was like, huh, for some reason I don't have this feeling of needing something. Then the next day that I woke up, I still had that fulfillment. And my fear was at one point that that feeling would go away. And it never has. And I'm thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful to the Lord on every, in every way I could possibly be that that is what the pure, true picture of being a follower of Jesus Christ is. God takes the emptiness, the brokenness, the hurt, and fills you with belonging, with meaning. And that's what I know most notably as the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that leads, guides, and directs. So church, this morning, focus your kingdom work faithfully. Are you being faithful this morning in the kingdom work? Are you focused this morning on doing what God wants you to do? Does that mean that you have it all figured out and you're doing everything? No, but you know in your, hearts, your heart of hearts and your heart's desire is to glorify and honor Christ there's days when you may fall on your, your face flat. Scripture even says that the righteous man falls seven times but gets up. Amen? But that means that you're a follower of Christ. You're seeking the Lord's will and desire for your life. And then be all things to all people. Don't sit around and think, well, how can I show them I'm right? No. How about letting the power of God intervene in people's lives? It's not about being right, church. You might have good whip, uh, biblical wisdom for people, and if the moment that you've, let's say you've warned someone about an action they were going to engage in, and then you clearly told them that this, I mean, you were very clear about, hey, you're walking into a mess right now. I can see this, and why this is not right is this is what God's Word says, and I'm fearful for you right now. And they say to you, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do because I know better than you. You don't understand the situation like I do. And then down the road, it comes to fruition. Meaning, the mess you saw and God allowed you to see through discernment before it comes to fruition, meaning comes to happen. It's your first, I told you. Told you it happened. By God's grace, I'll never do that. And I'm thankful that God's given me the bill to do that because there's been many times when people have asked me something and it wasn't my counsel, it was what God's word in the situation clearly spoke to. We don't want to be right. I want to be wrong. Why? Because if I'm right, there's hurt and heartache and pain that's going to be descending on someone. And I don't care who you are. I don't want that for people that I care about and love, even if the choices that they've made have brought them to that place. Don't be that person that sits back and, and uses that biblical foresight that you had now to guilt someone over choices that they've made. If they're repentant, you know what you do? And they repent and they ask you for forgiveness, you walk right through that them, and you walk hand in hand and you help navigate as a brother or sister in Christ has 
we biblically should do. Because that's what being a follower of Christ is. Now, if they're unrepentant in it, you continue to stay back. And you let them deal with what they're dealing with. Amen? We're not going to be a party to their sin. We're not going to go to the prodigal son, uh, the, the son, as he's feeding pigs, taking him sack lunches. You're doing that. You're removing the ability for God to bring him to where God can only bring him to so that the forgiveness, the restoration, and that running from a long way away when the dad sees that son, that was what God had to do to bring that young man to the place of repentance. And then again, since talk's cheap, don't just talk about your love for the Lord. Live it. Church, what a great demonstration this week we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus for these little ones from this community in our church body that God has blessed us with. Vacation, Bible school, and having children at your church. Don't think it's just because, oh, it's because we have a busy road here. We're on a lot less busy road than a lot of churches all over this county. God has blessed us, church. God has entrusted us with these little ones. I don't care where you're at tonight or tomorrow night or Tuesday night or Wednesday night. If you're not working, come down here. Maybe, maybe they don't have anything. Maybe they've got everybody they need right now, and maybe they have a person they do need, or maybe they don't. It doesn't matter, but you being willing to do that, you are sacrificing time that you could otherwise be sitting on the recliner or doing something else to show these little ones what matters. What happens if you're an encourager that night for somebody else who is discouraged? Maybe you want to sit in here on a pew after they've done whatever they're doing in here or another room that no one's doing anything in. Maybe you want to Pray. Pray for what? Pray that as God's word goes out in these rooms, that God would prepare the hearts of these little ones for the message. Because there might be a little Paul out there. There might be a little Lydia out there. There might be God only knows who out there. There might be a Deborah and Esther out there. There might be, again, God only knows the potential of what God has in these little ones that he's entrusted us with. Can you imagine your part in hearing one day down the road, if you spent your VBS week because they didn't need any extra help praying, you just sat here and bathed this place in prayer and, and literally beseeching the Holy Spirit to fall on the hearts of these children so that, that the words would fall on fertile soil. Can you imagine hearing one day if one of these young people becomes a pastor, becomes a wife of a, a famous evangelist that ends up evangelizing an unknown people group? Can you imagine the realization, the, the investment you had in that person is going to change lives for eternity? You didn't waste your time, did you? God is faithful. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning, Lord, for your word. God, we thank Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God's word has encouraged you. You feel like you've had fellowship and been at home with family. Today, if God has moved in your heart, and today you would like to make him not only the Savior, but the Lord of your life, first, it's important to know that we are sinners. We're born sinners. No one can bridge the gap that was separated when sin broke what God had created so beautifully. If today you know you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you know that Jesus Christ was born, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross to pay for your sin, Today, if you want to, you can trust him as your Lord and Savior. It requires you to pray and in faith, ask him to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, and you want to live for him. I pray today, if you do that, that you will reach out to us. We would love to get you connected in a church body, a church home, 
wherever that might be, and get discipleship around you so you can grow in this new life that you found in Christ. Read God's word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God bless you.